<laughs> if if you have uh, the time and the energy, anytime we say a spoiler to a movie, you should put in that like air horn sound effect, like the just like immediately before we say the spoilers, so that people can like rip out their headphones real quick. Just like the most loud, <laughs> just shocking sound I can think of yeah. anytime a spoiler is coming up. That's a good idea. Well, because like, what if they're like at work or something and they're listening, and it's just like they're sort of osmosis, osmosising, yeah, mm-hmm. at like, and they get a spoiler that they didn't want. <laughs> if you give them that joke, <laughs> we're gonna be traumatizing people. <laughs> They hear an air horn, they're just going to like pull, try to pull headphones or their earbuds out, and uh, which I have no problem with. I, let's train people. <laughs> um, welcome to X-Rated. Um, welcome to X-Rated. My name is Ryan Whedon. My name is Matt Fisher. Uh, we dated for three weeks, yeah, ten years ago. Just about. Uh, uh, now we talk the bond about was strong. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, it wasn't. It wasn't because we didn't have anything in common. Maybe we had too much in common. <laughs> Maybe I don't really remember nine years ago now. I sh- was there a nine years ago? <laughs> Who knows? I just remember we went out once and I didn't dance, and you got really concerned. <laughs> and then we went out again, and I did dance. And like afterwards, you told me what a relief. That was. Oh, good. Yeah, that was when I was really into making sure everybody was dancing. <laughs> I had a band that made sure of that, um, which is funny because I actually put on. Somebody played a song from that CD. Um, oh man! No, no, no! From Bobcats, my oh, first okay. band, and uh, at a party, at a house party, and I started dancing to it, and then I realized this is really fast and hard to dance to, <laughs> which is uh, hard to admit, but. There you go. Just the one song. Well, most of the album. <laughs> well, you're. It was also when you were, you know, younger, and you just wanted to jump around. That's true. Yeah, I was. I was a big spazzy kid. And I haven't danced in like five or six years. I don't now. dance anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's why you're so frustrated at work. <laughs> we need to go out into the woods and footloose it. Dance it out. Yeah. Footloose. Yeah. You're right. Um, or I also would have accepted flash dance it out. <laughs> okay. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, okay. I haven't I mean, either. I just know she has, like, a similar dance sequence. Yeah, well, that, she has, like, the water. Yeah, which, where does that come from? I don't know. I remember back when, uh, in, when I was in high school and VH1 had, like, a bunch of shows to watch while you did something else. Okay. Like, I love the 80s and stuff oh, like right. that. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they, ha- they were talking about that movie and they had Melissa Etheridge on. And they were talking about how, like, the lead character in that movie is, like, a female welder. That's right. And Melissa Atherton was like, now I know some female welders, <laughs> but that's a different story. <laughs> she gay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Flashdance. Amazing soundtrack. I actually still listen to that. Sometimes. Is that a time on your li- time of your life? No, no, that's Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. Um, this one had, um, what a feeling. Oh, yeah. And it's a really great... I want to say Donna Summer song called Romeo. That's really good. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if I'll have to get around to watching that one. Yeah. Maybe we'll watch it here. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's not my movie for next week, just so okay. you know. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. 
what would you say, and you don't have to name just one, you can name as many that come to your head, what would you say is your biggest blind spot, movie-watching-wise? Oh, um, Kung Fu. Oh, just movies. in general? Yeah, okay. or just, um, I don't want to say action movies, but I know that there are some people who define action movies as, like, just bunch of action sequences, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so that, not necessarily Hollywood style, whether it's blow em ups or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't watched a lot of those, okay. to be honest. And specifically, like, kung fu movies. I just, okay. I, I don't think I've seen one. Even, like, the more artistically satisfying ones, like uh, like Wong Kar Wai did one a couple years ago, Grandmaster. No, I didn't even see that. I mean, I guess I've seen, like, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, okay, or yeah. whatever, but... Um, is that a kung fu movie? Yeah, I mean, in its own way. Okay, well then. Counts. Um, but yeah, real blind spot for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, you're, and yours you'd say would be westerns? In general, I'm working my way, like, past it. Because mm-hmm. uh, there, there's, like, every now and again I'll come across a western that, like, I really like. But it's like, whenever I start down that path, like, I'll watch one or two, and, like, they don't do it for me, so then I just go back to shelving it. Yeah. Because, uh, like, yeah, The Searchers did not speak to me, and that's supposed to be, like, the Western to end all Westerns. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know why. Like, it just, like, I saw it, and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, I didn't, it didn't move me. or Yeah. Uh, like, I would, yeah, I would say that the, like, the one Western that I really like is The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I watched that. I don't even remember the name of the movie now, but it was when I was working my way through Noah Baumbach films. Okay. And it was, like, one of his shitty earlier ones, I think. Uh, but, like, the way that they just, they talk about the movie, like, I could tell, like, Bombeck is actually, like, a fan of that movie. Yeah. Uh, he likes to sprinkle in yeah. things like that. I wonder, now that we're talking about Westerns, like, do you think Hollywood was just like, well, there's all this desert over here. <laughs> like, let's take advantage of this and start making yeah. movies set out here, and then we can just, like, sell them. Yeah, I mean, cheap sets, yeah. Because what came first, like, the obsession with the West or the movie, or Westerns, you yeah, know? Like, I don't it's know. a chicken or the egg kind of thing, because that's, like, what, 50s, 40s, somewhere in there? Yeah, like, I think, like, you know, Stagecoach, I think it was, like, the late 30s. Okay. That's sort of, yeah. like, definitely on, like, the earlier end of the spectrum. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, were there a lot of books about, like, the Old West? Like, about cowboys? Like, were people... I mean, I guess there's always been, like, a romanticism of it, you know, if you, if you live elsewhere and haven't gone out and got to experience the great wild west yeah um and then maybe hollywood was just tapping into that but it just seems like hey let's go drive 50 miles outside of town because yeah. we've got this huge area to film in. i mean i think that's why like spaghetti westerns were a thing is because like they could finance these movies on the cheap right like because they just had hills and valleys and sand and Right. They could just make a movie and put Italian actors and then dub them with American actors later so you didn't have to have any stars. Like, yeah. We are absolutely speculating right <laughs> yeah. now. So, so if, you know, if anybody knows about this. Just wait, we'll, we'll upload this one and then like Donald <laughs> Trump will be like tweeting like, new. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> X-rated gets movies all wrong. <laughs>
that we watched, Exorcist 3. So... I have it, lots of things to say. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been thinking about actually recommending one that I think that you'll hate, but I love. Just Ooh. so there's like, you know, a rift. Okay. Were um, you trying to do that this time? No. Oh, okay. Did you hate it? No. Okay. Uh, Exorcist 3. If you'll allow me real quick, hopefully real quick, start, don't start rambling, I'd like to do a brief rundown of the Exorcist franchise in my eyes. <laughs> Go ahead. I might bet. I'm gonna put like a bed of, of music underneath, sort of like a Raymond Scott shopping situation. I love it. <laughs> so the first one, Billy Friedkin's classic. You know, Linda Blair masturbating with the crucifix, all bloody, shoving her mother's face in her crotch, saying "Lick me, lick me." Just lick me. all of it. Yeah. You know, just pieces, vomit, yeah, spider downstairs, all of it. I, you know, and I still love that movie even when I watch it now. Like, it totally holds up, and I think it's, like, a testament to practical effects, like, the way that they, like, filmed it in a meat locker, or her room in a meat locker. That's right. So, like, all that stuff, I think, has just aged wonderfully. Uh, I think it's, like, more offensive than, like, most any horror movie that comes out nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's still shocking, some of those things that come out of her mouth. Yeah. So, like, I, I, Exorcist, I feel, is, like, just classic, holds up, great. Exorcist 2... <laughs> Is the sort of crappy freak out bullshit that I know has a dedicated cult following, or I would imagine does, but is actual just garbage. Okay. Uh, it was directed by John Borman, who I hope that our listeners know best from a little movie called Zardoz. Oh, yeah. Uh, but he's probably actually best known for Deliverance. Right. Um, and he also directed a very uh, fine film called Point Blank. Okay. Uh, which has my favorite female on male spousal abuse scene. Or not spousal <laughs> abuse, but domestic abuse. Just pure cinema. Wow. Okay. Um, anyway. I like that you have that list somewhere <laughs> in your brain just ranked. <laughs> so John Borman, he also directed uh, an Excalibur film with like Helen Mirren in it. And it was like huh. super psychedelic. Um, and Exodus 2 is definitely like in that like Zardoz, Excalibur, psychedelic nonsense okay it's got like richard burton in it and linda blair's back and uh what's his face darth vader uh james Earl jones oh is in it and like you think like oh they got a good cast but like the movie is crap like <laughs> there's something about locusts and there's a lot of them and it destroys a house and like i don't even know but like the locusts destroy the house kind of like it's a biblical plague of sorts okay it's garbage. Oh, okay. But, I was tempted to watch it after watching this third one. Oh, okay. No, yeah. just skip it. Uh, but, like, that's the sort of movie that, like, I know that there are people out there like, no, Exorcist 2 is the best one. <laughs> so then we have Exorcist 3, which, as I said last week, isn't, like, a, to me it's not a sequel. It's like a spinoff. Mm -hmm. Like, it's got some, some similar faces. It's it's the Laverne and Shirley to the original's Happy Days. <laughs> okay. Uh, and since we're going to talk about that one more later we'll wait to get into the specifics of that one um and then there was uh the two prequel exorcist movies uh wait did those come when did those come out like in like 2006 and 7 or something like okay, that okay yeah they are recent um yeah it was like exorcist the beginning and like exorcist dominion i think is what they were called okay so paul schrader who is probably best known for writing, like, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and, like, uh, other Martin Scorsese movies. He directed, like, American Gigolo and uh, Mishima. Okay. Um, 
he was directing this Exorcist prequel. It uh, Stellan Skarsgård plays uh, Father Mirren when he's like in Africa, and it's like his first encounter with oh, like, the demon. Okay, and I guess the studio just hated what he was filming, like just absolutely hated it. Uh, so they like scrapped everything that he did, and they hired a new director, uh, Rennie Harlan, who I know directed Die Hard Two, okay, and like other action movies. They got him to like start over from scratch. Still with Stone Scarscar, like they just started the movie over. Let's punch it up. <laughs> yeah. So the movies have the exact same plot. The Schrader one is watchable. That one was filmed first, but released last. Mm. The Rennie Harlan ones. Pretty stupid and slow and doesn't really have anything to do with the Exorcist franchise as a whole. Uh, the only thing that like the two of them have in common is that they both have Stellan Skarsgård in them and they both have the worst CG coyotes you've ever seen in your life. Oh. Which, yeah, I don't know why, but... Um, <clears throat> That's a pretty tenuous uh, connection there. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, Stellan Skarsgård, like, in an interview, talked about like making those movies and like how like the studio got mad at Trader, And they said that... And Stellan Skarsgård was like... He's like, he's, you know, a real director. Like, he's like an auteur. Like, <laughs> if you ask Quentin Tarantino to direct Home Alone 6, what sort of movie do you expect to get? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he goes, if you ask Lars von Trier to direct Deep Throat 3, what sort of movie do you think you're going to get? Oh. He goes, oh, man, I don't even want to think about what Yeah, no, me neither. Yeah. So, uh, but yes. So, the fun part about the Exorcist franchise is, like, with the exception of the last two that are pretty similar, like, in tone and feel, none of the movies really feel that much alike. Mm -hmm. You know how if you watch, like, all the Nightmare on Elm Street or all the Friday the 13th, they're more or less, like, in the same, or they feel like they're in the same sort of world. They have sure. the same sort of vibe to them. The Exorcist franchise, like, really feels different. Okay. Um, which makes it kind of easy to watch. Like, the films themselves become kind of more memorable that way. Okay. Because each one kind of feels distinct. Like, the last two bleed together for me. But, uh, yeah, like, if we just see it as, like, four films. Like, they're four very different things. Sure, okay. Um, but Exorcist 3 has, like, a special place in my heart because, A, like, what's, like, the third entry in a horror franchise besides Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Uh, that's really, like, a strong point in the franchise. Right. Like, I know Friday the 13th was in 3D, but the movie's not very good. Although, that is the first one where he wears the mask. Okay. Um, but uh, this one feels good at, like, beyond, like, a cheeky level. Yeah, agreed. I, um, I was, uh, my favorite part, actually, about this film, for me, was afterwards doing all the research mm. and reading, like, the Wikipedia page on it, um, because apparently this was not the version that the director, William Peter, Peter Bladley, Bladley, Bladley yeah. wanted. Um, they, he had finished it, and, um, spoiler alert, the, um, the studio came back from the preview and said, there needs to be an exorcism. And so mm. that whole final climax exorcism oh. scene was tacked on at the end. Which kind of makes sense. It kind of feels yeah. that way. And it, I think that's a real testament to the film itself, because um, it's still a pretty good movie yeah. with that on the end. But yeah. if you had taken it off, I think it really could have been a really great movie. Yeah, I feel like this is sort of like a stepping stone into like this sort of 
semi-religious, semi-crazy, like, crime dramas, like, seven. Yeah. Sort of, like, I feel like it's a stepping stone into those movies. Um, Because, yeah, like, it's... I mean, a lot of it is sort of like a crime procedural. For sure, yeah. I, I actually... And I liked that about it. It was, like... One of the questions I kept coming back to while watching this is, like, it feels more like a thriller than sure. a horror yeah. film. And I, I don't know, that might sound like splitting hairs, but um, I I wasn't getting that sense of dread that horror kind of makes sure. me feel. You know, like, I get more of a, like, tense, you know, really just, like, yeah, what's going to happen kind of situation. I mean, like... I, I would say, like, you know, Silence of the Lambs is often described as a horror, but it's sort of more of a thriller, Exactly, too, yeah. For, like, the same reasons. Well, and that, that leads me to the question, like, when does that, when does it cross the line? Yeah. And, like, usually, I guess, like, gore, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, so, like, maybe the end sequence in this is, like, what actually, like, puts yeah. it into, like, the horror category. And apparently they, like, the, the whole reason they wanted it was because, like, they were, like, somebody said, and they, also, Morgan Creek, the, the studio that, re- that released it, was insistent that the title be Exorcist Three oh, okay. um, because they need they wanted to tie it in. They're like, no, because everyone hated the second one. It's yeah. terrible. We don't want that word because I think they were they were trying to just call it Legion, oh, which yeah. is the name of the book that he um, had written. Yeah, um, and then even just like Exorcist Legion, Legion, I think would have yeah. been like, I don't know, but whatever. They, um, you know, studio studio Tinkery, yeah, in there, age old tale, change their movie. Um, but yeah, I really I liked it a lot as as far as a um, thriller, um, and I think that if the studio hadn't come in and been like, we need to like that whole plot line with that priest, yeah, who was like, sh- you know, shoved in there so that they could make it, yeah, so that they could make that exorcism scene at the end, and um, it's unnecessary because it there's is. plenty of there's plenty of scares, yeah, and plenty of great jump scares, I would say that uh, I was not expecting like that quiet scene like in the hallway like when the nurse is just sort of walking around ah! oh, it gives me chills thinking about it uh i watched it a bunch of times afterwards because oh, really? I, I do that with jump scenes i'm like okay i'm not because i want to analyze it right oh, okay um and there's a lot of cool things he does because it's like there was the scare before where she's she realizes oh it's the glass of water and she goes yeah. to pick it up and yeah. then a guy jumps up and you're like ah and then like it's classic to like then you calm down and you get in a sense of like everything's okay but then he keeps holding on that hallway, and you're like, oh, fuck, something else is going to happen. Yeah. And he makes it seem like, again, that, like, oh, everything's okay. But then that yeah, I, creepy person comes out. Yeah, it, it's the combination of, like, the creepy person, like, doing something creepy. It was like... Yeah. It, Suddenly. Yeah. Like, I remember the first time that I watched it, like, I knew something was going to happen, but, like, that was not what I was expecting yeah. was going to happen. And the the sound that plays too is really scary. Yeah. <laughs> they just he just did it really well. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good jump scare. Yeah, it was really nicely done because it's really just like mostly like a static shot. So like the sounds, like right. the echoing sounds of like her walking, or you hear like the little like clink that turns out to be ice. Right. Like it's really just you know you kind of feel like you're alone and there's noises and you don't know what those noises are. Like the scene really makes you feel that. Yeah. Way. And um, there's a zoom in right at that, yeah. just and it's not a full zoom, but it's just like a little bit, and it's that's nice because if you think about like people closing their eyes at that moment and like covering their face really fast, <laughs> you're if you're if you if you even if you just get a glimpse of the zoom in, yeah, like your brain's gonna fill that in. Yeah. If you close your eyes, you're just zooming into that more. Yeah, you know? that's so, yeah, that, that's the lasting image. Yeah, like, so that's kind of 
That's that's clever, I think. Yeah, it it was. It it makes me upset when someone's like a talented author and like a good film director. <laughs> you know, like Why Michael Crichton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. People just shouldn't be that talented at everything they do. I mean, he didn't like go on to like make great cinema classics or anything like that, but. It's still, like, a little upset. I'm like, no, you're supposed to be good with the written word. <laughs> and nothing Pick else. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, speaking of um, people who are multi-talented, this is, this is, you're just going to have to stick with me. Um, I was thinking a lot about, like, what makes an adult horror film. Oh, okay. And so, like, what scares, what scares me as an adult, what scares others as an adult, blah, blah, blah. Um, and taking that in the context of, like, religion, uh, it's sort of like made up shit, right? Okay. You're not religious, are you? No. Okay, good. Um, and so Michelangelo, when he painted this the um, Sistine, Chapel. Sistine Chapel, yeah, with like the birth of man. Yeah. If you see God, there's like a shape of a brain there, so it's almost like he's saying that oh, all religion is just like made up shit that we created with our brains. Oh. Um, and so I was kind of trying to apply that to this and think like, what? Would scare? Would you have to be religious to be scared by this movie? Do you know what I mean? I don't think so. Uh, a, because I'm not religious, and because like the, I don't know. I think that when you mix mysticism in with like secular stuff, if you do it well, like for some reason, like the religious aspect doesn't like it's not a barrier anymore for me. Mm-hmm. Like in the first Exorcist. Uh, the mother was, like, really pushing for the exorcism, and the father, like, uh, Father Karras, Mm -hmm. was talking about how exorcisms, you know, date back from a day before we really knew about mental illness, and was, like, and you find out, like, in the movie that, like, he has, like, a degree in, like, psychology or psychiatry, one of the two. Right. Um, and he's the one pushing, like, the science on the mother. Um, and I feel like this movie kind of does that, too. It's, like, you know, uh, George C. Scott, who I want to talk about. Oh, yeah, we haven't even talked about him yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he de- he's he got his, like, well, there's the whole thing about, like, him having trouble believing that, like, they keep bringing up. But it's like, you know, he he takes the, like, how do you explain, like, cancer and children and stuff like that. Right. To, like, even though he's, like, friends with a priest, like, they go and see movies together and stuff like that. Well, a movie. A movie, yeah. <laughs> um, and... I don't know. I think it's like it's just one of those things that like if you address it and you don't make it preachy, then it's not like it's not being shoved down your throat, but it's also like it becomes just part of that person's character. Okay. Like, you know, like the priest in this movie, it, it was he was kind of endearing because he was a movie buff. Like he tells that nurse, "May the Schwartz be with you." That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ed Flanders is the name of that actor, by the way. <laughs> okay. And I was really trying to work in a, like, oh, he met his diddly-ding-dong end or something like that. <laughs> Hi-dilly-ho, neighborinos! Because, yeah, like, Seven. Seven's super religious. But, I mean, sure. there's no real mysticism in that, I guess. It's just yeah. the one guy's a nut. Um, well, and that's, a, that's another question we can get to with, like, in general with horror is, do you find supernatural horror scarier than real-life horror, or what? Mm. I mean, it depends a lot on how the movie's made. Da, da, da. Yeah, I was going to say, because like we were talking about earlier, like I love the 2013 version of Maniac. Right. And there's like nothing supernatural about that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that really, like, it, it hits my gore threshold. Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there's, you know, 
so many horror movies like they they kind of cross a point and then it's, I'm just numb to it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, or like I have to, like I can't stand like movies like Hostel like or Saw. Right. Like that stuff like that you're watching for the torture and the gore. Yeah. Like I, I can't like I just put up a wall and I don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like you know films that like you know gore can be so like effective, but like yeah, there's definitely like a point that you cross and it's like well I don't like this anymore. Yeah. There's like really no going back. Yeah. Uh, but then it's, I think that that might be the element that's necessary to take it from thriller to horror sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm real hard pressed to think of a horror film that doesn't have some element of, of gore in it. I mean, Rosemary's Baby has like a little bit of blood. Yeah, like, okay. She's being raped by the devil. Yeah. But like, other than that, it's a pretty blood free affair. Right. Um, I can't really think of anything else right <laughs> off the bat. I guess but... I would call that a horror movie too. Yeah. Hmm. Um,. It's a real fine line. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't think of another horror movie right right off the bat. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't have much blood either. Uh, it's just the I scene when not. they cut her arm, like when she's tied in the chair. Yeah, he cuts his leg off. Or he, like, drops his chainsaw on his leg at the end. Yeah, that's true. Which, you don't really see it, but I mean, that's enough to... Yeah. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, there's not too much blood in that one. I mean, Halloween doesn't have that much blood in it either. Yeah, but you I mean, see most of those times it's it's more because of budget, right? Whereas like Rosemary's Baby, like it was a conscious decision. Like there's just not a scene that really calls for blood, right? Um, I don't know. It's just a it's an interesting thing to think about. But like with Exorcist three, because like you know, a you're dealing with like demon possession and stuff like that. But it's also it has the 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 mix of like science and mysticism that I think is like sort of you know attractive to to you know a film goer like me at least like. When they're talking about how, like, you know, the victim's body's head was cut off, but, like, there's no blood anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, as the movie goes, like, they sort of explain how that, how they were able to do that. Yeah. Um, and so it's, like, you know, it's a demon, but it's, like, a demon who has, like, working knowledge of the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think when you mix stuff like that, like, uh, science and mysticism, it, it, it forms, like, an attractive combination there's, like, the scene in the confessional. Right. And, like, the person is, like, talking about, like, the last time they murdered someone. But it was, like, it started out, she's, like, when I step on a beetle, I feel like I need to confess. And then, right. like, as it goes along, I was, like, well, I cut this person's head off in the park the other night. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, oh, <laughs> okay. And actually, that ties in a little bit to what we were just talking about. Because apparently, the director wanted to have it, like, show the priest sitting in the confessional with his head on his lap. And uh, didn't make the final cut, which I think is good because there's so many times when he's just describing, like when he describes the first murder of the little boy. Yeah, it's like I wish we hadn't seen it at the very end, you know, of him being. Yeah, it's like I liked the scariness of how uh, me imagining it is way scarier than actually seeing it. Yeah, and then just it's the same thing with the priest thing. Just seeing the scene of the crime after the body's been removed, it's like I I can imagine way worse things than anything they could show you know and so like that is a real testament to um him as a director at least during those parts of the movie yeah um by withholding because for me it's just like i said it's scarier in my head than you can ever make it on the screen yeah yeah no no, no, i i definitely uh i'll agree with you on that one i don't know yeah there's something about like letting your imagination like just run with it yeah it's a little more thrilling sometimes. 
Yeah, because it's just... I guess maybe I've seen too many bad horror <laughs> movies where the gore is just... You can tell it's literally red paint. Or, yeah. Like, you can see the effects happening, and, and it's it just... These days, it doesn't... It doesn't get me in the same way, you know? Um, now, I am a big fan of, like, the neon red blood from, like, the 70s. Like, mm-hmm. I, like, I know it's it looks totally fake. It was in Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I love, like, that style of fake blood. Uh-huh. Like, God, when I was watching Rob Zombie's Halloween last October. Okay. And it's, like... There's, like, a scene where, like, young Michael Myers is, like, beating up, like, the bully in school mm-hmm. and, like, beats his face in. And, like, I remember, like, in the theaters thinking that it was, like, like, when I saw the movie initially, how, like, the blood was, like, instantly black on his face. <laughs> and, uh, so, like, before, like, they even showed it and I just, like, closed my eyes and, like, I was watching it with people and I go, and the blood is instantly black. And everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, it is. <laughs> like, I, for some reason, like... That is the most aesthetically unappealing type of blood to me. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah, like the dark brown, black, dry looking blood. There's just so much of it that it turns that color. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I like the sort of Suspiria pink red blood. That stuff. looks like paint. <laughs> yeah. I like, and it's not that I feel that it looks more realistic. I just think that it looks better like on an aesthetic level like Mm -hmm. it just pops on the screen like it looks better when i'm watching a movie than like this coarse black blood yeah you almost want violence like that to be stylized yeah because it's like at least for me it's real hard to make it look real you know Mm -hmm. and it's i get taken out a lot in horror movies when i see uh violence that looks bad or even if it's pretty good you know it has to be really spot on for me to you know be there with it the whole time yeah that makes um, sense. and so i mean that's a tough choice to make as a, as a director i guess like i almost I, I guess i would almost prefer it to be stylized in some way yeah to sort of like lean into the facade as opposed to make it like yeah definitely try to push for that realness because it just never works yeah i think uh and we'll probably watch some of his films somewhere along the lines, but, like, Paul Verhoeven stuff, like, the the violence is, like, in, like, RoboCop is, like, so stylized, but it's, right. like, he's, like, relishing it. Like, he loves, like, just big squibs and stuff like that. Totally. Or, like, in, like, the opening scene, like, Django and Chain, when, like, Christoph Waltz, like, shoots that horse in the face. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, it's, like, the biggest squib you've ever seen. Like, <laughs> stuff like that, like, I feel is great. Like I've been thinking about Quentin Tarantino while we're talking about this. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's probably, like, the only person really, like, in the mainstream that I think is, like, s- hasn't separated art and action Mm -hmm. they are one and the same with him sure i feel still sometimes uh i just wanted to um talk a little bit about the acting in this movie oh sure is really good yeah um george c scott so i was i was gonna bring up george yeah i mean we haven't we haven't talked about him very much but uh i don't know i haven't really seen him very much to be honest and i thought he well, it's quite good. I only know Patton. Like, yeah, like I know Patton <clears throat> too, uh, and I've seen him in like a couple other things. He was the voice of the villain in Rescuers Down Under. Right. Yeah. He does great voice acting in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've seen Patton, 
And then he was in a remake of Twelve Angry Men. Oh. That uh, the William Friedkin directed, actually. Wow. Um, and it actually had, like, a stellar cast in it. It was, like, it had, like, a mix of actors, like, on their way up that, like, hadn't quite made, like, James Gandolfini's in it. And it was, like, wow, okay. a couple of years before The Sopranos came out. I would watch this. Um, yeah, it was, like, it was okay. Like, if you, it stayed true to the source material, you know, how bad can it be? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a... It's a play first. So. Well, it was a teleplay. Oh, really? Yeah, it was. Oh. It was a play written for television. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if your play's solid, your movie's probably gonna be solid. Yeah. Uh, so George C. Scott, I feel like he's sort of like an in betweener. Like he came in at like the tail end of like a certain style of leading man, like your John Wayne's, your Gary Cooper's, like that sort of like big machismo sort of leading man. Like, he came in at the tail end of that, or maybe, like, just right outside of that, mm-hmm. but it was before sort of, like, the new Hollywood, like, method acting of, like, your Brandos. He was sort of, like, in between these two schools of acting, I feel. Okay. Even though I feel like he's really, like, both those things sometimes. Like, he boycotted the Oscars before Brando did. Oh, wow. Um, not for the same reasons that Brando did, but uh, he just thought that, like, actors competing was silly and that, you know, you should be doing it because you love it, yeah. not because you're going to get an award. Uh, so, and But he, I, he also strikes me as, like, someone who has, like, that real, like, workman ethic. Like, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't excited to do Exorcist 3. Yeah. But, like, I'm sure he showed up on set and, like, fucking gave it his all, too. Like, There's a great quote that I read on the Wikipedia page. The Wikipedia page for this movie is great, by the way. Oh, is I it really, really recommend just reading the whole thing. <laughs> um, there, uh, and also, give money to Wikipedia right now. They're asking for it. Just throw three bucks. <laughs> I did. I use it all the time. Uh, they, um, he said when uh, the director came back from... Uh, well, Morgan Creek came back to them and was like, oh, you have to add this exorcism scene at the end. Uh, George C. Scott was like, well, yeah, they probably wouldn't be happy unless Madonna was singing the last song in, at the end. So, it's like, he seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah. Uh, I guess he was also, like, a raging alcoholic, too. <laughs> well. So, anytime he yelled, mm. I was like, just right back in He's got movie. a great yell, yell really, voice. Just fantastic. It is not in the file. It is not. I like the scene <clears throat> when he's sort of explaining how the Gemini killer, like, uh, how the press said one thing. Right. To, to oh, right. Out, which I thought was a really, like, I don't know if they actually, if, like, the press and the police actually do this. But it was like, yeah, like, they said the Gemini killer, you know, cut off the middle finger of his victims and like carved the insignia on his back, but that's what, only what the press said. Right. In reality, it's like he cut off the pointer finger and put the insignia on the palm, and they did that to like weed out the crazies who like. There's a lot in. of procedurals where they say that, or they'll omit omit information. Yeah. So. But it's like in that scene when he's talking about, like he yells at like the lawyer guy or the, right. the head, and then he cries a little bit. Well, his friend just died. Yeah. <laughs> And I just I thought that was such like a touching scene. Yeah, it's great. Like he's trying to explain something and he's trying to get through like a tough situation and he just needed like that little moment. Like I thought that was just such like a touching emotional scene because yeah, it really kind of like pl- it, it it pushes home that like 
his friend was just murdered. Right, and he's trying to continue on doing his job. Yeah. Of investigating his friend's murder. Yeah. So it, I it like that. I I love that scene. as like just watching an actor like do his thing. Yeah. Like I thought that was just a fantastic little scene. Um. Well, speaking of great yellers, too, the <laughs> one who plays the the um Gemini killer guy in the scene, Brad Dorif. Dorif. Who I know he was in Two Towers. Uh, he's but... also in. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Uh, as, like, Billy the Kid or something. The, kid the little one, yeah. At the end. And is the voice so of Chucky. Chucky. Yeah, that's I where I know him best. But... Well, I'd like, I saw him in this movie and was thinking, and I think he s- kills it. I mean... Brad Dorf, I think, is, like, honestly just a great actor. Those were, there was one big monologue he had, and, like, he doesn't move the camera one bit, and it's goes on for minutes yeah and it doesn't i i was thinking to myself uh, while that was going on like they don't do that anymore directors they just don't they don't just leave the camera and let actors act like that very much anymore you know like tarantino will definitely like let sam jackson chew the scenery a bit right cut but no for the most part like i don't know i think maybe directors are like afraid that like we'll get bored so they have to like cut between the person talking and the person responding like close in i was magnetized i was like this guy's amazing. <laughs> I, I no, I I honestly think that like Brad Dorf is like a legit great actor. I don't know if like he's kind of been stuck in like the character actor, right? Bit. Like, and I don't know if that's by choice or or by accident. Um, like, if you look at like his IMDb credits, he probably has like four hundred movies because yeah, he's done tons of stuff. Yeah, and like you, he'll be in just like you'll see him in like a single scene in like a horror movie. Right. Like, yeah, I noticed there are lots of horror movies. That he's yeah, it's like he'll be like the gas station attendant in Urban Legend and stuff <laughs> like that. That's that's kind of cool, actually. <laughs> uh, but no, I I love Brad Dorf. I think like whatever movie he's in like is elevated just by his presence. Yeah, he's really bit. underrated. Yeah, because seeing him in this reminded me of how much I like him in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh yeah, and yeah. then just like give him some parts. <laughs> people or maybe he doesn't want to maybe he likes being just... well that, that's what i'm thinking like maybe he just enjoys like showing up doing like a day or two on a set and then moving on to the next thing like maybe that's just his jam not allowed to keep his gift from us the <laughs> audience <laughs> but and i like his voice acting is so good like his face acting is good too like yeah. you know like you were saying like they put the camera on and they don't move it they just let him do his monologue and it's great uh but like I think, like, that's sort of, like, what makes those, like, Child's Play movies is, like, you know, at least watchable sometimes is that, like, his voice acting, like, he's got a very distinctive voice, for one. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about it that's just really memorable. Yeah. Um, I get sucked into his face. Yeah. He was kind of cute back in the day, Yeah, too. I mean, yeah, he was totally, he was totally cute then, too, but there's, he just is really good at just emoting. Yeah. Well, like, in the horror movies where he like makes just like brief cameos it's always it's just like the crazy old man is like that hasn't been here for 25 years (laughs) there is a good chance if he's willing to just do these you know cameos here and there we could get him on the show oh my god you are absolutely invited to come on brad we would love to have you on you can challenge us to as many movies as you want and watch all of them and i want to tell you as long as it's not your complete filmography (laughs) What if we got Brad Dorf and Jessica Walter? Ah! 
on this couch drinking our lukewarm water. <laughs> um, well, we got sponsored by Scuttlebutt tonight, so <laughs> by that I mean I bought beer. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. I was a little worried, but then I, I like I, I one of these days I am gonna have to recommend something to you that you probably <laughs> won't like, just so we get a heated debate. Yeah, I will say. I mean, I don't. I liked it. I would have liked it more if they wouldn't have added on that exorcist scene at the end. Like, yeah. Knowing that afterwards is kind of um, really frustrates me. Do you know how it was supposed to end? It was just supposed to end with, um, you know, the scene at the house where the demon tries to kill his daughter. Yeah. Um, but then he goes back to the cell and then just kills the guy. Oh. Okay. But apparently they were. He had written two endings. One where. The demon, he goes back after the scene in the house with the daughter, and the demon admits that his father died of a heart attack, and he's like, well, there's no reason for me to kill anymore, because I was just doing it to embarrass my shitty father, and mm. then he just leaves the body, and then he kills he kills his friend. And then the other one was like, he the demon dies when the father dies or something, I don't know, but like, he had different endings, mm. um, but like, just, yeah, just like... Going back and saying, "Oh, my, you know, my father's dead. I don't have any reason to kill him," and then leave, and then he kill his friend. Like that's a powerful ending. Yeah, we don't need this like special effects. Yeah, like there was a cool part when like whoever that other priest was that like came in, like he gets stuck to the ceiling when he's yeah, like, he oh, to peel himself off and like his I like it, but off. it had no place in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me pissed off that that like studio executives can have creative control like that because it's like yeah we we this movie's good but it could have been great if they would have just like trusted him did you ever see the magnificent ambersons no it was an orson welles movie and the whole movie has this like sort of methodical pace like leading towards one thing and in like the last 45 seconds like and then they got married yeah (laughs) oh i hate that why do they? Why do they get creative control like that? I mean, if I were to sign on, I mean, I get why you sign on and giving them because you need like money. Yeah, and you need experience. Da 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 da. But it's like, fuck, man, they ruined so many movies. some of the stuff I wanted to talk about in the third part of our podcast, which was like, what is, what exactly is horror Mm. for you? Um, But I guess like some other scary movies that I've, that you've seen recently, like what has, Um, anything that's frightened you? I, I don't scare easily. The movies that scare me, I feel like a lot of like. You appreciate horror more on like an intellectual kind of level. Sometimes like. Uh, I saw Lights Out over the summer. Okay. And I like that it really, like, gave them the ability to, like, do something fun with the jump scare, I felt. Mm. Um, just by having so, like, the ghosts could, like, only appear in the light. Okay. I thought it was, like, an ability, like, it gave them the ability to, like, play with the jump scare, like, in a unique fashion. Like, like, not necessarily, like, in a super scary way. Like, if you're scared by jump scares, then it's probably right up your alley, but, like, for me, it was, like, the way that, like, they would get out of it, like, you know, uh, you know, some, one person was, like, being attacked by, like, the ghost, and, like, 
hits his car keys and like the headlights come on and oh, stuff like that. Okay. So it, it was just I felt like it, it was like a really good way to like play with like the jump scare formats. Okay. Um, you know, not a brilliant movie beyond that, but like it it allowed you to play with the form. Sure. I'm I'm so rarely actually scared by a horror movie. Yeah. Um. But, like, I would say the ones that actually do scare me, like, I do get scared by, like, a certain type of, like, Asian horror movie. Like, it's, it's like, when a character's, like, watching TV and they turn off the TV and, like, you see, like, in the reflection that something's behind them. Oh, like, yeah. that's the sort of thing that, like, unnerves me. Mm-hmm. Like, something that's, like, it's already here and it's too late. I, I was just going to I just bring it up because, like, I've discovered in myself, um... I, it's hard for me now to be scared while watching a, a horror movie. Yeah. Um, it's usually thinking about it later that really gets me frightened. And it's usually the stupidest stuff. Like, I'm always surprised at the movies I'm scared of while I'm laying in bed at night thinking about them. Like, The Pact. Did you see that? No. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't tell you because the spoiler alert. The spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the scariest part. Uh, okay, yeah, don't ruin it for me. Okay, well, I won't. But um, Or, like, what was the other one? Oh, uh, It Follows. Oh, okay. I, yeah, like, I just right. remember I remember watching it and just being like, well, why doesn't she just fly to Europe or something? I mean, it would still get her eventually. It would only be a temporary solution. It would have to cross the ocean. She couldn't do that her whole life. really slow. She couldn't do that her whole life. Well, anyway, uh, it wasn't until I was laying in bed... And then, like, thinking about actually being in that position of just, like, oh, shit, no, nobody else sees this person. They don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It didn't. It just didn't really freak me out while I was watching it. But then later, when I actually think about, think about how it doesn't make sense, it's scary. Does that make sense? <laughs> A little bit. Like, I get. I, yeah, sort of. And that's not necessarily how I judge. A good horror movie. It's, yeah. it's how I judge a, mo- a horror movie that I like. So what? Are you going to challenge me? Well, <laughs> oh yeah. I had a lot of trouble thinking about what I wanted to watch, and I'll tell you a little bit my my thinking process here. I want I was I was thinking it'd be fun to do something that was just totally fantasy, um, and kind of go that route because we haven't really done anything that's really, you know, CGI laden or anything like that. Uh, you want to uh, watch like the Wow movie? No. I just I was thinking that, and then were I just, you really like the World of Warcraft? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant like movies that are like trying to give you a wow no. factor. No, <laughs> no. I if I want to watch a video game, I'll play a video game. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then I decided I don't want to do that, <laughs> and <laughs> instead I kind of feel. Like, I want to watch something a little comforting to me. Okay. So I'm going to watch a comfort movie. Okay. And I want to watch um, Broadcast News. Oh, okay. Okay. Which is, for me, a comforting movie. <laughs> In uh, a way, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is, this is definitely a, a mutually enjoyable film. Uh-huh. As... We've both seen it. I've seen yeah, multiple times. Me too. Uh, but I haven't watched it in a while, and I really enjoy it, and I think it's a movie that... Not enough people know about, and I want to share that. Well, let's uh, let's settle up. What do I owe you? For what? Oh no, I'm just making a phrase like oh. when you're at a bar. 
Um, you want another beer? Yeah, I'm gonna have one, but I wanna I wanna close out the podcast first. Oh, Twitter is X rated movies. Facebook, Facebook is, is rated, rated X movies. movies. And um, follow us, like us, contribute to the conversation. Please do. Um, Suggest celebrities that we should invite on the show. I mean, really, at this point, I'll take any celebrity. Yeah. Um, if if they're nice. I don't want to. I don't want a diva on the show. I know we have water. We, we have water. We could probably scrounge up a hot toddy. Hey, hey. hot water. <laughs> um, I don't know. We we don't have a tagline yet, but maybe we'll come up with one. You know. Um, please be nice in your comments because yeah. you will get Hitler like at the drop <laughs> of a hat. Um, X-rated yeah. movies. <laughs> Hitler at the drop of a hat. <laughs> we'll workshop it. <laughs> <laughs>